Welcome to Brightline Living, the official podcast of Brightline Eating, where we focus on living a life free from food obsession and filled with peace and unstoppability. Each week, Dr. Susan Pierce Thompson, New York Times bestselling author and founder of Brightline Eating, will cover topics ranging from food addiction to fascinating science and how to live a bright life. Now here's Susan with the audio version of this week's blog. Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. So let's talk about marijuana. You know, I didn't want to shoot a vlog on marijuana. The subject came up in uh, the Brightline Eating Coaches meeting. Um, there'd been a thread in one of our community groups uh, with some people struggling with their marijuana use. And one of the coaches brought it to me and said that she thought I should shoot a vlog on it. And I was just sort of like, shoot a vlog on marijuana? What would I say? Like, I mean, should I shoot a vlog on cocaine, on you know, Xanax on, you know, I mean, where does it stop, you know? Um, But, you know, I thought more about it and, um, you know, we talked about it as coaches and, um, you know, a fair number of us had seen it come up here and there. And um, I think there's some interesting things to say here. So uh, I'm shooting a vlog on marijuana. So the first thing I want to say is um, I am going to uh, restrict this conversation to things that I even feel remotely uh, capable of talking about. I am not going to be talking about the medical use of marijuana prescribed by a doctor. I'm not going to be talking about legalization. I'm not going to be talking about, um, you know, marijuana has been studied increasingly and has been shown to be beneficial for all manner of ailments, all sorts of things. I am not an expert on that. Um, so you will have to talk to your doctor or to an expert if you want uh, guidance, advice, information about that. So I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about recreational marijuana use here, recreational only. And I think one of the interesting things about it is that um, people in bright line eating can often feel like it's the only thing left to use socially, right? I mean, we're not partaking in eating with other people at parties. We're not partaking in drinking with them at parties. You know, alcohol, alcohol comes under the purview of a bright line eating conversation because it's calories, it's food, right? And most of it has sugar in it. So um, alcohol is absolutely a bright line eating topic. But once you strip away the alcohol and the, you know, uh, food consumption at a party, what are you left with? Well, I guess you could smoke cigarettes with folks or you could smoke pot with folks. And, um, you know, I remember when the topic first came up in the coaches meeting, I blew it off and I laughed and I said, well, duh, if you've got a food issue, don't be smoking pot because it gives you the munchies, right? Like end of story, end of story, not wise, right? Um, for most people, smoking marijuana increases appetite and can do so markedly. So it, I imagine, could be quite difficult to maintain bright lines while smoking marijuana. So that right there is just a first thought, you know, just a first heads up. But I want to go a little deeper. I want to go into the brain. And I want to say that research shows that marijuana hits several neurotransmitter systems, um, And in particular, 
endocannabinoids, so uh, the cannabinoid receptors are impacted by marijuana, and norepinephrine as well, which is basically endogenous adrenaline, um, just the adrenaline that we make inside of ourselves. And then it also hits dopamine receptors. It does. Marijuana hits the dopamine receptors. So it is, in that way, going to keep your brain from healing fully. Um, and it's going to do the trick when your brain is jonesing for a hit, right? When you've taken away the sugar, you've taken away the flour, you've still got some dopamine downregulation on board, and your brain is looking for something to help, to help it feel better, because it doesn't feel great to have a dearth of dopamine. Um, and until those receptors heal... Uh, marijuana, cigarettes, alcohol, any of the recreational drugs of abuse are going to be targets for, um, you know, a fix, uh, as is internet pornography, as is gambling, as is any of the addictive things. They're going to hit the dopamine receptors in the nucleus accumbens, in the addiction reward pathways of the brain. So cross addiction is a real phenomenon, and the brain doesn't really care where it gets its dopamine from. It's happy to get it from marijuana if you've taken away the sugar and flour. So that's something to keep in mind is that also if you have had an addictive relationship with food, you're a bit of a sitting duck to develop an addictive relationship with marijuana or with anything else that will help uh, flood the brain with dopamine and, and um, help you feel better with that dopamine downregulation on board. Um, you know, and that said... Um, you know, as you probably know, I've been clean and sober from drugs and alcohol for 27 years. And, um, people have asked me how I stayed clean from my first meeting, you know, like just right away, I was a day one baby. The minute I tried to, to quit, I succeeded and never went back to it. And I've often been known to laugh and say, well, I think the reason I've stayed clean so easily is that I had other things to use. You know, I was using food for a lot of that time and then cigarettes and then, you know, all these things. And so while, yes, it's true that cross addiction um, is a thing and uh, maybe something to look to avoid or, you know, be careful of, it's it also can be true that, you know, when... Um, we're looking to not go back to something in particular that would be really bad for us to go back to. Having something else to use for a bit that's less harmful to us actually can be a strategy. It can be helpful is what I found, right? And was it really helpful? I don't know. Could I have done better? Could I have abstained from all addictive things purely perfectly for all of those 27 years? I don't know. Maybe that's one way to look at it. It's not my experience, though. It's not my story. Um, so I'm not suggesting that you go smoke pot in order to uh, stay off sugar and flour. But uh, what I am saying is that um, that cross addiction thing, it, it goes both ways, right? It goes both ways. On the one hand, you definitely you want to be wary of picking up another addiction. On the other hand, like it's, a, it's just an interesting thing in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, when they're helping people kick alcohol, they recommend that they eat sugar. That's one of their suggestions is many of us have found that sucking on some candy can really help us get through a, a an alcohol craving, you know? And it's like, again, the brain doesn't care where it gets its fix from. It really doesn't. It's just looking for a little relief, just a little help. So that's one of the reasons that we get, you know, that we get potentially driven um, driven to smoke pot in a circumstance like that. Now, if you're 
in that situation where you've smoked pot on and off um, through your bright line eating journey and you're wondering what to do about it, I want to offer a modified version of the four questions, which is the process that I teach people in the Bright Line Eating Bootcamp for determining whether something you're doing is working for you or not, right? And, you know, ask yourself, do I have peace around it? Do I have peace around it? Does my, is my system telling me that this is in alignment for me, right? Or, or uh, is my deepest, highest self kind of saying, this is no good, you know, this is no good for you. So do I have peace around it? Is it escalating? Is it escalating, right? Or is it the kind of thing that you're doing once in a while and you can take it or leave it, right? Or uh, does a little lead to more? Does, you know, one night lead to multiple nights over the weekend and so forth, right? Is it escalating? Another thing to look at is, are you sticking with your bright lines? How's your bright line eating program? Again, back to that idea of, you know, smoking marijuana gives people the munchies. So are you bright through it? Or if you're smoking pot socially and then people, you know, break out some food, are you partaking with them? Now that's, you know, now that's a bigger impact, right? That's all. It's just no shame. It's just, it's just take a look. It's a bigger impact. Um, yeah. So, and then is it healthy? I mean, people debate this, right? I do know that, uh, Taken to an extreme, it can be profoundly unhealthy. I know I was, um, you know, I'm always going to have a bias toward sobriety, you know, just a bias toward let's get our system clean, let's um, face life with shoulders squared to the difficulties and just um, rely on good friendships and spiritual connection and a healthy pattern of living Um, and not relying on substances to get through. I mean, that's always going to be my bias. But I guess I'll just close with this story. I, um, a long time ago, when I first got clean, I was in a meeting for drug addicts um, who were recovering through the 12 steps. And this kid came into the meeting and um, he was in bad shape. He was kind of shaking. He was kind of sweating. He was incoherent. Um, He was withdrawing hard. He was... Uh, he had some sort of drug-induced toxicity in his mind, in his brain, in his in his skin, in his body. He was about as bad off as anyone I'd ever seen. And I was talking to him, trying to help help him feel at home, trying to help him feel welcome, trying to help him feel hopeful. And I was talking to him about what he was coming off of, and he said pot. And I said, "That it?" And he said, "Yeah, I just smoke a lot of pot." And it blew my mind because I, I didn't think pot was addictive. I didn't think that pot did much, if anything, bad to you. And um, it was kind of stunning. He, he, was, he was in as bad a shape as someone coming off of heroin or benzodiazepines. And yeah, THC-induced toxicity can do some pretty horrible stuff, right? Um, and, right... As I said at the beginning of this vlog, there's all kinds of health benefits to CBD and THC used in certain ways for certain kinds of ailments, not my area of expertise at all, right? So this is a very, very individual thing, very individual thing. And I encourage you to, you know, just stay open about what your motives are, about whether it's working for you, you know, um, marijuana is in the DSM-5 as one of the 11 
um, categories of substance use disorder, right? According to the DSM-5, it is officially addictive, officially a problematic substance in terms of substance use um, or abuse. So, um, uh, and everybody's different, right? And, uh, oh my gosh, in Bright Line Eating, there are no police, no Bright Line Eating police, no Bright Line Eating police. But, you know, it's come up in our communities and I just thought I would address it. I just thought I would address it a little bit as much as I can. Um, having never myself, I've been clean and sober ever since I started all throughout my, all of my years of food recovery. Um, you know, so it's not anything I have direct experience with, you know, smoking pot while um, being on a food recovery journey. Um, so those are just my thoughts from the neuroscience perspective. All right, marijuana. That's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Brightline Living. Please post a review and subscribe to our channel. Interested in learning more about Brightline Eating? Visit ble.life slash podcast to find out more. ble.life slash podcast. Have a bright day.